who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. There was this woman working at one of my first hotels and we're a very beautiful, varied, diverse community. And then there's all these women coming in and the next thing I see her Sunday drunk as a skunk at the pool, she quit her job and she was like, I'm gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like right on. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's hosted by a couple of gals who love sandwiches. I'm Carolyn Bergier. Do you get it? I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with Mariah Hansen, the founder of Club Skirts, The Dinosaur Weekend, a.k.a. The Dinah. I mean, if you're watching A League of Their Own, you get that intro. And if you're not, get out. Get out and go get it. Yeah. Get your priorities straight. I don't know. Get your life together. (laughs) Some announcements. Our next show at Stonewall, you know, we used to be the last Monday of every month, but there's a lot of travel going on. So we had to switch it up. You know, we had to move it because the the show was synced with my period and that was not working for me. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. If you want to, if you want to let everyone know, I think you have let everyone know. You know what? We don't have to let everyone. We can cut that. No, no, okay. Keep it. Uh, thing about me, I never stop talking about it. It rules my life. Um, PMDD. Anyways. So in regards to Stonewall, our next show is going to be Monday, October 10th. And we'll have a lineup for you at some point. Also, while Melody is off in L.A. doing fancy L.A. things and having shows, I'll be having another Loves a Pitch show September 17th at Come On Everybody. So if you're a horny single and you live in the New York area, please fill out an application to be on it. It's a lot of fun. Everyone has a good time. And then come see the show. And if you're in L.A. that night, I'll be on Good Heroin at Stories Books and Cafe. Ooh, 
what a good one. That's a good one. Usually good lineups. I'm excited to see who else will be on it and to potentially see some diking out faces. Yes, yes. It's been so long since either of us have been in L.A., so that'll be a treat for our L.A. listeners. Rate and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please, and also join our Patreon. We have an extra episode every week. We have Discord conversations going on. We have ad-free episodes. We have Zoom hangs. There's gossip. There's We got some good gossip. Personal stuff. Yeah. We're breaking down stories. This week we're talking about lots of TikTok drama. We have some inside scoops on some like cool media stuff. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. And I feel like if you're only listening to these episodes you're you're missing out on half the party truly so go over to patreon for only five bucks a month you get these extra episodes four extra episodes a month that's crazy okay anyway anyway you know what time it is Mm-hmm. got a feeling we have some overlap here carolyn what's the gayest thing you did this week Well, first, I'll say a really quick little gay thing that I did. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the program Dolly. It's an AI program that generates art on demand. So you tell them what you want it to make an image of and it will create it. Yes. So, you know, Cecilia did something like a penguin riding a bicycle through France in the style of Lisa Frank and it does that you know but sometimes they're a little bit off and this is something that i will post the image on maybe we'll post on instagram but maybe we'll just put it on patreon i don't know i (laughs) she was like you know you can use some of my credits so of course i (laughs) said rosie o'donnell on acid and let me tell you dolly was not kind it it was homophobic it was lesbophobic it was i need to see it fat phobic it was Awful. I'm like, I don't know how that's the best artificial intelligence. And it makes me feel a little bit better that the robots won't take over as soon as I think they will. So there was that. But the fact that that's where my mind went, I'm like, first, first thing, Rosie O'Donnell on acid. (laughs) (laughs) What do we get? But you all know, A League of Their Own came out a week ago and has taken over my life, I started an A League of Their Own recap podcast that I mentioned last week. And I don't know if anyone picked up last week. That was my first time telling Melody about it because yeah. I was weirdly nervous about telling you. I think you could tell. I just go, oh. And yeah. even before we record, you're like, oh, I, I need to announce something, a new project. <laughs> you don't even tell me then. You wait until we're recording to tell I me know. that you've started a whole new podcast without me. Yeah. (laughs) And that hurt, Carolyn. Melody. (laughs) Just kidding. No, um, Allie was like, does it feel like she's cheating on you? And I was like, yes, but actually, no, it doesn't feel like she's cheating on me. It feels like when you walk into a room and you find your partner masturbating. (laughs) That's what it feels like. And that's what it is. That's what it feels like to do it. It feels like I'm just masturbating so, all the time lately. Go get your rocks off. Podcast. <laughs> I am. Let me tell you, this was just like a passion project. I'm like, I honestly don't care if anybody listens to it, though I think you should if you like the show. I am doing this because I love, I mean, I love the movie so much. I didn't think that 
I could possibly love anything more. But this is my favorite show. I I love everything about it. I mean, I'm talking about it for hours. I'm watching it. I'm rewatching it. The more I watch it, the more I love it. I'm, I'm just like delirious on A League of Their Own. And I'm so excited that I've gotten some of the writers to recap the episodes they wrote with me. I also have the showrunner, Will Graham, is going to be recapping episode six, which he wrote and directed. I'm also going to do stuff beyond just recapping. So like right now, I have the costume designer and we're going to have a whole episode about costumes. So if you are as obsessed with the show as I am, it's called A League of Their Own Recap Podcast. Real straightforward. I'm loving the show. We talk about it a lot more without spoilers on our off topic. Yes. But Melody, what did you think? I know you posted one of our past guests is on it. Yes. My dear friend, Molly Carney. Hilarious LA comedian. We had Molly on the podcast a couple years ago. I'm so proud of them. They are hilarious on the show and they play Fern. I love that they kept the names yeah. in the show. So check out Molly on the Rockford Peaches. I'm like, oh, Molly posted yes. a picture in the uniform and I was just like, oh, chills. That's so cool. I want one. So cool. Wait, speaking of the uniform, though, that is the yeah. gayest thing for me this week. Of course, my gayest things are a league of their own related. So my cat, <laughs> here we go. I'll make it everything about my cat. My cat I got while living in Chicago. My cat is originally from Rockford, though. <gasps> My cat came from a farm in Rockford. Um, Chills. I, I had a friend in Chicago who was from Rockford. His family had a farm, and he would just bring in kittens from the farm whenever friends wanted one. And so we're watching the show with Josie on our lap, being like, Josie, it's your hometown. And then we're like, whoa, we have to get Josie. We have to see if there's Rockford Peaches pet costumes, because that's happening. Like, I'll make it. I'll get my friend yeah. to make it. My costume designer friend, Josie, will be a Rockford Peach repping his hometown <laughs> Rockford, Illinois. If that's not the gayest thing, what is? Probably um, towards the end of, I believe it was episode two. The experience while watching this show, especially as a queer person, is you're just getting waves and waves of just feeling seen, feeling excited. Just another, another person's queer and another yeah. person's queer. Like, it's just so exciting to realize just how queer it is how many queer people there are and the layers to the queerness you had no idea would be there. Yes. So it was like towards the second episode, the credits start to run. And I think we're like privy to another queer element or something. And so I turn to Allie and say, everybody's queer. And she goes, everybody's queer. And then we just start clapping and going, everybody's queer. Everybody's queer. <laughs> <laughs> that should be chanted at every softball game. <laughs> We couldn't stop. And it's like through the credits. Amazing. We're loving it. I obviously devoured it. I will be rewatching it. We talked a little on the Patreon about how we kind of wish it was uh, released weekly just to, you know, have watch parties. Stretch it out. Yeah. Savor watch it. Parties. But we'll just rewatch it over and over. Love it so much. I mean, there there's so much to pick up every time you watch it. 
I think. So definitely stream that. Also, leave a five-star review. I know we talk about, I mean, while you're leaving a five-star review for Diking Out, go to Amazon Prime and leave a five-star review for A League of Their Own because there are a lot of homophobic and racist trolls who really, like when I first went to watch it, it was one star. Same. It was one star. Yeah. Now it's at two. Which is nuts. But yeah. It's because everybody is like, what is this gay agenda? And like just not realizing that this was the, yeah, woke culture, that this was like actually the reality and these people existed and were like, this was a big part of, of their lives and everything. And if there was a baseball movie about the women that the men are sleeping with, nobody would be like, straight agenda. <laughs> breeders yeah but that's what i'm gonna do so get ready field of dreams we're coming for you reviews (laughs) (laughs) sorry sandlot all you future misogynistic breeders you're going down we're coming for you rudy all right today we're diking out and maybe dinahing out with the founder of the lesbian mecca known as the dinah under the club skirts marquee, Mariah Hansen created the world-famous Dinosaur Weekend in 1991. It's grown to be the largest lesbian event in the world, and past musical guests include Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Lizzo, Tegan and Sarah, and so, so many more. And this year... Melody and I will be there, too. Mariah has appeared in Out 100's list of influential lesbians and has received numerous awards and accolades, including an achievement award with Lily Tomlin by NCLR. So cool. Let's get into it. Mariah, it is so great to have you here. How exciting. Great to be here. Finally. I mean, finally, for a lot of reasons, Melody and I, you may or may not know, this is going to be our first Dino Weekend. I love to hear that. That's so awesome. Yeah. I've been wanting to make the pilgrimage for yes. years, for years. Yeah. And I just never... I never knew if I'd make it. I'm an <laughs> yeah. East Coaster. <laughs> There's so many misconceptions about the Dinah, though. So I love that you call it a pilgrimage because I think that's actually super spot on. <laughs> yes. It's queer Mecca for women. Yes. And it's also just this really amazing rite of passage. So I, I love that. That's how it feels. Well, before we get into it, because I want to hear about these misconceptions and and talk all about it, but we do have a question for you first. We got to know, Mariah, what is the gayest thing you did this week? The gayest thing I did this week? Oh, dear. I'm a beekeeper. (gasps) Oh, my God. Wow. Has this come up before? We've talked about... That might be the nerdiest thing I did this week, but... Beekeeping is gay. So I did, uh, I did what you call a hive dive. A hive dive. What does that entail? What does that entail? That entails actually suiting up in protective equipment, gloves, screen over your face, all in white. If you're not dressed in white, the bees may think you're a bear. Oh, that's why they dress in white. Okay. That's why they dress in white. Yeah. Wow. Never knew Bears that. Bears kind of their biggest predator. So um, you never want to be in black near a beehive. Okay. Or yellow because of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, exactly. Winnie the Pooh is a menace. Winnie. He was the first perpetrator. And I, you know, you take each frame out and you examine it. 
you make sure that you're queen right, so you make sure your queen's there, and that she's laying eggs, and that the bees seem relatively calm and happy. So uh, I did that this week, and that may be the gayest thing I did this week. Hell yeah. All is well in the hive? All is well in the hive, yeah. Lots of honey. We just harvested last year's, and we got probably like 15 jars of <gasps> the best honey you'll ever have. Wow. Wow. What happens if they're not happy? Do you like play classical music? Like, what is the thing that calms them down and gets them? I bet actually Mozart and classical music is a very good thing to do. But I think you probably, yeah, you're spot on. (laughs) They're really amazing beings, but they're insects. But um, I think you would just make sure that their conditions are conducive to being happy. They can get overcrowded and that makes them super unhappy. I relate. Yeah. I I can relate to that too. It's good to relate because they, I have to admit, they are my biggest fear. (laughs) Oh, well, honeybees are likely not to sting you unless you're near their hive. Okay, yeah. It's the hornets you have to watch out for. Right. Right? And it's all metaphorical, right? Because hornets look a little bit like bees, so we have to get good at recognizing the good guys and the bad guys. got to get close enough to be able to recognize, and that's my journey. Exactly. Because honeybees, you're really... I like letting them fly in my hand and walk around. And When I first started going to the hive, I was pretty nervous. Because if you don't know what you're doing, they feel it, and they swarm you. So you've got like a thousand bees buzzing around your face and it's really unnerving. That's so funny that we're talking about this right now. I just um, was scrolling Instagram earlier today and I follow an account called Openly Gay Animals (laughs) that just posts cute (laughs) beings. And this morning they had posted just like the fattest bee you'd ever seen. (laughs) It was the cutest thing. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they're not so bad. And then here we are talking about it. I feel like there are signs pushing me towards getting over my fear. It should. And also, you know, bees are mostly female. Yeah. Hell yeah. We love that. Yeah. So the the women run it. There's the queen bee and her little attendants. There's nurse bees. There's forager bees. They're all women. I love this. The only purpose of the male, he's called a drone, he's a little bit larger, is to mate with a queen. And that's it. And then they they actually throw them, pretty much most of them, out of the hive by by wintertime. They're like, we we need you no longer. Utopia. Bye-bye. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I have a follow-up question. Mariah, have you seen the movie Tell It to the Bees? I was wondering that. No. Is it is it about the plight of the bees? No, no. it's just an awful lesbian movie. It's the plight of making a good lesbian movie. It's yeah. not it's very hard to great. do. It's very hard to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is one of the worst offenders for me was Tell It to the Bees and but there is there is beekeeping in it. Yes. So, you know, if you want to see yeah. yourself represented <laughs> until you don't. Okay. Thank you. Until you don't. Yeah. But there's me. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the Dinah. I want to get into the history first for anybody who doesn't know how the Dinah came to be. Uh, Well, uh, it started really 32 years ago because I had to skip a year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. I guess you can go back a little further. I threw killer parties in college. Yes. They were famous. And where did you go to college? I went to Sonoma State University for the first two years and then I graduated from UCSB, but I did my damage at Sonoma State University. Okay, cool. I was really proud that they had banned campus parties after my second party. And <laughs> wow. I told that to people for years. I'm like, yeah, Sonoma State banned parties after after me. And then, you know, 30 years later, I ran into somebody who goes, I go to Sonoma State. They have parties there all the time. <laughs> and I was like, 
oh, a whole generation has passed. They've forgotten about me. Yeah, they wait until you graduated, and then they're <laughs> like, all right, let's resume. <laughs> so uh, that's that's kind of the history of it. And then there were parties before me in Palm Springs, but they were not really well organized. There was kind of a balloon tied to a speaker. <laughs> and I went in and did some different things. I started um, kind of one of the pioneers of corporate sponsorship for LGBT events. And, and that was exciting because I kind of – I saw the power in in actually not only helping them to underwrite what you're doing so that you could have a bigger splash, but also that when you're marrying corporate America with LGBTQIA events, back then it was actually also working to desensitize right. straight America once they started kind of seeing events. And, and there was backlash for it, but then all of a sudden corporate America started going, wow, this is a huge market. And so they started advertising more. And so you can look at something like an Ikea ad today where that, what, those things weren't done 30 years ago. Oh, mm -hmm. sure. Sure. Yeah. And so there's kind of also that kind of groundbreaking aspect of just normalizing our community that we're, we're a really great market and that it should be paid attention to and treated with respect. And I, mean, I always tell people there's so many ways to get to Rome. And so we're all doing different types of work to help forward our civil rights. And some of them are very attractive and sexy. And some of them are just activists and just like pushing forward that envelope. And some of them are, are doing something like what I do, which is like very subtly kind of, you know, getting a city to pay attention to the market. Palm Springs was very Republican when I started throwing the Dinah. Right. Yeah. I couldn't get contracts, but six months out because the hotels were like, well, can we get something better? And then six months, I'd be like, oh, we can't, here's your contract. And, you know, there was one year when we really realized that we'd made it when the Wyndham at the time handed us a 10-year contract. Wow. And we're like, okay, we are considered a really prominent piece of business in Palm Springs. And we're considered a legacy event there now. So we're one of, I think, 10 events in the city that they consider something super important to the culture of the city. For sure. So it's like things like that that you – you know, I'm proud of because they're great achievements for the diner, but what they really are great achievements for our community because it's the people in the background of the photo um, <laughs> behind you that really make that event so special. For our listeners, I did change my Zoom background to a picture of the dino. So <laughs> <laughs> now, were you a fan of golf? Because I know originally it started out as there just happened to be this women's golf tournament. I used to play a lot of golf, to yeah. be honest with you. Yes, I was a fan of golf. And I didn't go to the tournament. I just played it a lot. Yeah. And, and I think that's how the dino started. It was women who like golf. And they would go out and be lesbians, and there'd be two, and then four, then eight. You know, we're kind of like rabbits sometimes. And then next thing you know, there's a 1,000 and 2,000. And I took advantage of, of that market that was attending for golf. But um, I got into horses. They take the same amount of time, so I can't do both. Yes. <laughs> we love a horse lesbian. Horses and bees. Horses, bees. I mean. <laughs> I have chickens, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at this time like was this golf tournament like one of the the biggest events in the country that had this like sapphic draw I guess it just seems like the Dinah and I know it's because of your efforts is like the biggest thing but how did it start from being like hey this is like pulling above average amount of people like us <laughs> 
let's like throw some parties, let's try to grow this, you know, as opposed to like, I don't know, any other events that that were going on that would have drawn a similar audience around the country? I think there's some really great ingredients to the diner that help us stand out a little bit more so that we really are kind of considered the, the mother of all queer events. Yeah. And part of that is that Palm Springs is such an amazing place to throw a party in. Right. So we have that. It's in California, so that's got another cachet because I think we're one of the states that people like to visit. So we don't have a problem getting out of state and out of country because you might stop off at the diner, but you might end up going to L.A. and go to Hollywood and kind of doing all those things that people hear about from from distant areas that we're so used to. It's like we try to avoid that, and other people just love going to it. So. But I think also that the diner has morphed with, with the times. And I think that anybody who's running events really needs to pay attention to where things are going and oftentimes take the lead step in where things should go. And so I think that the diner has thankfully been on point with, you know, our civil rights movement, the women's movement, the music movement, like. I'm really excited to see so much queer music now. I wasn't always able to book high-profile queer music or queer entertainers because they wouldn't play the event, believe it or not. We did a lot of asks, and we'd always hear no. From queer entertainers? Yeah, it wasn't uncommon because even though it was queer, it was ironic. You know, queer people, queer women are moving forward careers of some queer musicians and yet didn't play the Dinah. And I think that that was a tricky thing for me. And so we did a lot of mainstream music with our headliners. And as when we could, of course, we would, you know, Tegan and Sarah was just like a huge just achievement for me. It was like, yay. Right. And now all the music I'm seeing is queer. It's really cool, you guys, because what's brilliant about it is that Queer women are making music about queer women. And so for the first time I remember in booking talent for 31 years, I'm I'm watching music videos about <laughs> queer love stories or queer best friends or queer difficulty with parents or it's our lives. It, we're, it's so wonderful to be able to see that in mainstream talent that has agents and has managers and is actually really on a path to becoming very well recognized in the country. I think that's really powerful for us because oftentimes you would see some queer women who eventually came out and their videos were all about the guy they were dating or right. it's just no longer, nobody even does that anymore. And so to have Fletcher headlining, to have Cassidy King, to have Ivy Four, everyone on that lineup is queer except for Taylor Dane. Yeah. You might as well be queer because she's so queer friendly. You but... have queer icons like you're you really <laughs> yeah. are great about discovering these voices just like on the precipice of their fame. Like Lady Gaga, like whether or not they're queer, they're queer icons. These musicians, Gaga, Katy Perry, Lizzo, like I saw that Saweetie right. was booked for the year that was canceled because of COVID. Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, no. And then I tried to book her again and they're like, nah, she's too expensive. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, been really great having that much talent. We do try to book talent that um, is at least queer friendly. Like, of course, I would never book someone that was, was anti-queer. Right. But um, we like, I like to have talent that has backstories because I think every aspect of the Dinah is about empowerment and inspiration and community 
telling our stories and being really empowered by that. And so, like Lizzo comes to mind as a really great example of someone with this incredible backstory, or Jesse Reyes, oh, yeah. you know, and, and Lizzo is so beautiful and so body positive. And I just was like, I have to book her because she's so in alignment with her message. And everything she does is so just beautiful and self-loving. And that's a really great person to put on the stage so that our customers who don't fit into a box that's quickly dissolving, thank God, of, you know, what you're supposed to look like. Models that we're seeing in press now, they look so different than they did even five years ago. So, right. But that's like really beautiful stuff to put on the stage so that everybody at that event can see somebody who's inspiring and doing amazing things and they can go identify. I think that's really powerful. We need to have really powerful role models. And so I do try to book music with people who have good backstories or whose songs have really great messages so that people that are watching that can go, I feel really good about this. This makes me feel good. I want to go out and do something. Yeah, like one great message I can think about right now is like, oh, my ex-girlfriend's new girlfriend is so hot. Uh, (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. The timing of this Fletcher drama with Fletcher doing the Dinah. Wow. Are you able to keep up with it? I know you're this is a busy time for you right now. I not keeping up with that one. Okay. So. Okay. We'll send you a TikTok link that breaks it down. Uh- <laughs> Has Fletcher caused a little drama right now? Oh, yes, yes. Yes. But it's great. I mean, it's really, I think, put her and kept her in, in the limelight with a, a song about her ex-girlfriend's new girlfriend using the name of the new girlfriend but the ex-girlfriend was a youtuber so it's like everybody's big in the social sphere so everybody's very invested with the lesbian drama of it all it's got all the dykes talking (laughs) and it sounds a bit like lesbian drama but at the same time i mean these are emotions that we feel yeah yeah Yeah. you know it may may not be pretty we may be going oh my god but well we're team (laughs) fletcher i think we've all felt that way one time i have i'm like oh my (laughs) god I lost her and her girlfriend cutered me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just uh, saw that um, one of the Real Housewives of Orange County went last year, I believe. And Yes, she did. We had, a, we had yeah, Cara Davinia was there. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of pretty high profile celebrities that show up at the last minute. Yeah. Oh, looking forward to see. That's always really fun for the customers. Yes. You know, you know we love it because it's, it's the diner. You just never know who you're going to see there. Right. And then, you know, oftentimes, like, I remember one year we booked Joan Jett. Uh, do, do you guys know who she yes. is? Oh, of yeah. <laughs> okay. And at the time, I had competitors, and they had booked Armin Electra. Mm. And I was leaving the hotel at about 2.30 in the morning to go get, literally, I, I'm embarrassed to say, a jack-in-the-box hamburger. <laughs> we no were shame. just starving. Yeah. Like, <laughs> skipped dinner, which happens a lot at the diner, and I was with my best friend, and Carmen Lecture walks by, and of course, I don't know who she is. And my best friend goes, that was Carmen Lecture. She just walked by us. I turned around and went, Carmen. And she turned, and I said, and Mariah Hansen, I'm the producer of the events here. I'm, what are you doing here? This is great. A little late, but she goes, oh, we're going to a party at Joan Jett's. <laughs> I wasn't invited, first off. Wow. Rude. But it was those, those kind of cool things happen where a slab will come, and then they go, hey, we're going to the diner. Come with me. Yeah. Last year, so many of the artists I had booked from the same agency, and they were all either super queer or super queer friendly, and they all knew each other. 
And so they were hopping on stage with each other. Oh, I love that. It was pretty amazing. So you never know what's going to happen at the diner, but it's always special. It's always it's always got a really cool edge to it. And you can count on something L word affiliated. You can. You can always count on that, right? Yes. And I believe we do have an event slated this year. We do and um, working with Showtime right now about some fun stuff. Cool. Nice, I mean, it was a whole nice. scene in the show. Yeah, they. Uh, I have a great relationship with Showtime. I love that company. I just think they have been so wonderful in terms of making sure that our stories are told. And Eileen Shaken, of course, has a lot of credit for that. But they, they were just groundbreaking in how they helped the queer women community really come into our own. It was very LA-ish, but at the same time, it was, it was ceiling-breaking. And I love that. So I, I think Showtime's been a great friend to our community. Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking. So I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian approved They're fresh, never frozen, so all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, The weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from, options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add-ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky. Uh, No prep, no mess, and when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, And then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com slash dykingout50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at factormeals.com slash dykingout50 to get 50% off. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. A lot of people associate the two together. So Melody and I, we host a show at Stonewall, a stand-up comedy show. And at the beginning, we do different like PowerPoint presentation, comedy type things. And we did one about saying that we were going to the diner and kind of like breaking down what it was. Yeah. And as soon as we're like, all right, who knows what the diner is? And somebody just yells, I've never watched the L word. And we're like, okay, two different things. <laughs> yeah. We heard a lot of whispers. It's a younger crowd. And you hear L word, real L word. So they thought the diner was something made up on the L word. Right. Like uh, awesome. there was that recognition because a lot of them are like baby gays come out and like doing their homework and watching <laughs> the one album. time I was working with the hotel um, and so I work with my counterpart in the hotel would be called the convention services manager and she was great she was like so flipped out about doing her first dyna and so she said could you please come into my office I, I need to talk to you and I'm like okay and I go to her she goes I need an hour of your time I'm like, okay I go in and she starts playing the L word oh my god <laughs> And she wanted to know what was real about it and what wasn't. <laughs> so she could totally. <laughs> it was like one of those great moments in my career where I was like, this is so cute. So I watched that episode with her and I told her, yes, expect that. No, that's, that's, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I need an hour of your time about yeah. the length of an L word episode. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm watching the L word with the convention service manager. Okay. And she like, is a weird writer going to show up all dressed in black? And <laughs> <laughs> I've had crazy things happen. I had another, this is really early on. Like, we're going back, like, when you guys were in diapers. We want all the stories. Yeah, we want those. <laughs> okay, there was this woman working at one of my first hotels, and she's checking all the women in, and, you know, she's, the hotel didn't know what to expect at all. And we're a very beautiful, varied, diverse community. And then there's all these women coming in. And the next thing I see her Sunday drunk as a skunk at the pool, she quit her job and she was like, I'm gay. Yes. <laughs> like right on. Probably happened a but lot. Anybody, yeah. Uh, that was like the most dramatic instance of someone just like falling apart because they'd never seen anything like it. It's more common now than it was 30 years ago. People weren't taking over hotels or doing really large, massive events other than Michigan Music right. Festival. But, right. Uh, yeah, that was funny. Poor thing. I feel like you need a, a revival tent outside and then we just ask like any straight people who need to be saved and bring them into the tent. Conversion therapy. Usher them into the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the correct way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So you mentioned earlier that there are some misconceptions about what the Dyna is. How about we dive into that a little bit? Sure. Well, it is a super huge party for sure. But I think sometimes people think that that's all that it is. And it's so much more. So you're really walking into an environment where yes, thousands of women are there and there is a party going on, but there's also so much community going on. And that's what's powerful about it. So you're meeting people from all over the world who are sharing their experiences about what it's like to be gay in their town, you know, what what their experience is like. And it's just this convergence of diversity that's really powerful. And we live in a country where obviously pockets of it are much more forward than others. You know, I I would not want to be living, you know, in, in Florida right now. Just the politics are crazy. I mean, our country's a little wacky right now. And so when you're coming into an environment where you get to share the experience and some of them are really, you know, harrowing stories and some of them are really positive. Well, I live in L.A. or San Francisco or New York and it's really amazing and this is what it's like. And I think that has a really powerful healing capacity to it because I think people all of a sudden realize that life can be different. You know, a lot of people end up moving to the West Coast after going to the Dinah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like it could be a really emotional experience. Do you recommend any places to cry while at the event? Like if you're feeling emotional, like where do you it's go to cry? It's more emotional okay. laughing or okay, tears okay. of joy. Yeah. I don't think anyone's in the corner like <laughs> sobbing, like I got to go home. Well, no, maybe some people do. Or no, like, like I got to move or what have I been doing? I don't know. There are a lot yeah. of reasons to to be overwhelmed emotionally, I think. Being <laughs> I think it's so joyful. There's this energy at the Dinah that no matter what reason you arrived you're uplifted and I, you'll see that when you go and you're gonna tell me after you were not kidding I'm yeah excited i'm gonna cry yeah the vibe is amazing it's uplifting you almost it's like just being picked up by a wave of just positive women vibe and you just float through the weekend with it and the truth is is that i'm super woo woo about the dyna and about what we're doing because it looks like we're throwing this really large party but for me we're creating a platform where people can see what it's like to live in a world where people drop down their isms and just connect with each other because they have something in common or a few things we are lgbtqia we all have shared experiences of how difficult that's been we all have shared experience of triumphs and so we kind of come into it with this collectivity that maybe we don't find when we're living in areas that are um, not LGBTQIA positive. So, and I always use Chicago, and I love Chicago. So Chicagoans, it's nothing personal, Uh-oh. but it's an incredible <laughs> segregated city. Yes. When you have people coming from areas like that, and they're all over the country. It's not just Chicago. That's just... I know. I lived there for like close to a decade, and it's very... You know what I'm talking about. And that's what I... I loved once I got to New York that you see such a diversity of people on one street. It just wasn't Together. like that. Same. Yeah. And so the Dinah does that for five days, we bring everybody together mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it just doesn't matter anymore. What matters is the joy. What matters is the, is the sharing. What matters is this camaraderie that everybody has because there's just such an incredible vibe and you're just uplifted by it. And you get to go home with that because the thing is, is that I tell people at the end of the weekend, if you can do this for five days, you can do this for 365 days. 
we can show up differently. We can show up trying to dissolve all of our preconceptions, all of our, you know, our internalized discrimination that we may not even be aware of, you know, things like that just constantly need to be cleaned up. That's what we need to do as human beings. We need to clean that up always. It's a practice. And so I think for five days, you get to practice just living in a way that's out loud and inspiring and kind. Mm -hmm. There's this phrase that everyone says at the diner that I didn't start and I love it. You just walk through the diner hallways and people walk by and they go, happy diner. (laughs) It's so cute. It's like Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. And that's just kind of the feeling. Everybody's happy. Happy diner. Lesbian Christmas. Yeah, for sure. So there's a diversity of people um, as far as gender goes, would you say? Another myth and that yes. I would really like to dispel. Yes. And people are getting, women are getting much, much better. But um, I have dealt for maybe the past like five years with emails or something that says, I can't believe you have men at the event. And they might be talking about cis men, but they could also be talking about trans men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a women event. And I, I write them all back and I go, I have never once in 31 years said that this was an all women event. Always been women and their friends. And I've also managed to somehow keep it predominantly a women's event. Right. But if your best friend's a guy, then you should be able to bring your best friend to the event that you've wanted to go to your whole life or the the event that you just love going to every year or whatever it is. And for trans, I just, I feel like, let's be on the right side of history, people. Like, yeah, some people are born in the wrong body and they have the opportunity in this lifetime to actually correct that and be in alignment with who they are inside. And I think that's beautiful. That's an important pillar of our little queer mecca utopia we're building there. I know we have a trans icon that will be in the house, Amy Schneider from yes. Jeopardy Champion. Yeah. So excited. Yes. I said, yeah. oh, wait, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. I just saw this morning. Yeah. Got full body chills. Talk about crying. I'll cry if I don't get to see her. Uh, Mona will make sure that you see then her. I'll cry. I'll cry if she doesn't sign my tit. Huh? Mona will make sure you see her. Okay, and thank you. And interview her. I don't know if she's going to sign your tit, though. But Would love. Oh, God. She's married. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this. so this is a predominantly women's event, uh, non-binary, um, trans. We need to be so open and inclusive. And if you identify as female or if you support that, you're going to love the event, you know, and sometimes people show up at the event and they're there for the wrong reasons. And mm-hmm. when we find them, it's time to go. Like, and it, it wouldn't matter what your background was. Everybody needs to be respected and honored and heard. And so that's the environment that we are creating. And that's the environment we support throughout the weekend. Can't wait. And while we're talking about diversity and earlier you mentioned about body positivity, I think another misconception some people might have about the diner, they're thinking Palm Springs, LA, everybody is going to be skinny, model, body, whatever. Can we? Not at all. Yeah. I fall into that. I'm, this is, yeah. <laughs> I've got some body issues. Carolyn knows. Carolyn goes to pool part, lesbian pool parties. And I always say, yeah, I don't know if I could, you know. No, you should, you should come and just like, you're going to have a blast. It's so body positive. It's so diverse. It's just celebrating who we are as beautiful people. And, and the thing is, is that in order for any 
any event, anything to be successful, you need to invite everybody to the table. And everybody's invited to the table. And that means that you have to see who you are in advertising, see who you are in the musical acts that we're booking. We try to be as diverse as we can with all of that so that, you know what's underlying all of that is a feeling that you want to be safe. Yeah. And so it's a safe place. And it's a safe place because we're committed to making it one. If there's energy there that is not there yet, it's just not the event for you. Mm-hmm. You know, because we get to be who we are and we get to feel safe being that. And we get to celebrate that. So when I hire my staff, I make them all Zoom with me because I want to feel their energy. This is where I get woo-woo. <laughs> I want to feel their energy. I want to feel, I tell them I spiel and that I'm really not throwing a big party. I'm throwing this energetic movement to get people to kind of like, you know, really embrace diversity and embrace who they are and live their best lives. You know, and so sometimes I'll, you know, I'll watch them and sometimes I'll have, they'll be listening going, okay, (laughs) that's probably not someone I'm going to hire. Yeah. But that person that goes, oh, my God, sign me up. I want to be a part of this. That's who I hire. And so everyone who's helping me to produce that event, because I don't produce this alone. I have a really amazing staff. They pass the vibe check. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, they have to pass the vibe check mm-hmm. for sure. Because when you're walking in and you're greeted by people who went, oh, my God, sign me in. I want to be part of something bigger than just a party. I want to be part of a social change. That feeling is kind of met with every person who walks through the door. And that's how we help shift the energy of the event. When you, you'll hear more than anything at the end of the event is, oh, my God, the energy here was amazing. Because you have like 40 women dedicated to making sure that the energy is amazing. Because yeah. Because ours are. Love that. How woo does that sound? I love it. I'm yeah. so excited. I do too. I, yeah. I mean, that makes a, a big difference. And this is... Like, not really a gay thing to compare it to, but, like, it's, like, if you go to Disney World, everybody there is, like, on board. They're all part of the the mission. They, they've bought in. And then I went to... I was not <laughs> expecting that. No! No, but it... This is okay, where yes. my mind went yes, to. Yes. Okay. And then I took my nephews to Legoland last year, and the people there seemed like they didn't care at all and didn't want to be I, there. And that completely changes the experience it's just like sad vibes yeah you don't want people who seem like this is just you know a a paycheck and they don't care about the reason to be there especially for like an immersive event like this like you are being transported into a different world and you want to make sure the people guiding you through that world believe in it (laughs) you know Uh, absolutely and it, it really does make the difference and those are the kind of things that we think about yeah, suck it, Legoland. All right. Yeah, harsh yeah. angles. You know, like I understand if you, I, the not good vibes. Um, so we were talking about some memories before. You know, we're so interested in more of that. Like most memorable <laughs> times, celebrities, performers that have been most exciting that have stuck out. Oh, I mean, God, there's just so many. So you just want to hear a couple little stories? Yes. Yeah, your favorite ones. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you my favorite <laughs> yes. Lady Gaga story. Lady Gaga? And I had the opportunity to tell her the story after. Let's go. Um, so it was really fun because she, she showed up a couple years later, maybe five or six years later, to see Samantha Ronson play. Mm. 
which is a story in itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I'm running the event. It's Lady Gaga and Katy Perry are headlining. Katy Perry, I think, was Friday night. Lady Gaga was Saturday night. It was a really amazing wow. double bill. It was packed, as one could imagine, and more packed than usual. It was a really great double bill. And we have these VIP towers, and they were at capacity. And I had my contact at the convention center come up to me and go, we can't let anybody else in the VIP towers. You're about to get closed down by the fire marshal. I'm like, are you kidding? And he's, yeah, he's flipping out about how many people are up in, in, in the VIP towers. I'm like, okay. And he goes, and people are killing us about it. So you have to go man it. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And so um, I went to the steps and he walks up to Lady Gaga's roommate and her boyfriend. And I'm like, we want to go into the VIP towers. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't let you. I'm really sorry. And like, I want to talk to the producer and I'm not expecting that that would be me. Like, <laughs> I've been sent over there to do the dirty work. Yeah. And, um, I said, yeah, you you actually are. I I am the producer. And I said, we have this special VIP area for you. You can watch her concert side stage. No, we want to watch concert there. And I'm like, I, I can't let you up. I'm really sorry. And she said, you're just mean. And Lady Gaga is never going to play this event again. <sighs> and <laughs> she walked off and maybe went to the side area. And I was like, oh, my God, I just got harshed out by Lady Gaga's best friend and her boyfriend and I have to go meet her at the meet and greet so I didn't go mm. because I thought that I just thought I was going to walk in and a room and was going to there she is that's <laughs> the one that wouldn't let us up in the VIP tower and I'm like I so don't want to do that so I guess ah. I need to missing and everybody had these great pictures with Lady Gaga and I you know I just kind of kept wow <laughs> went out a glass of wine somewhere well Five years later, she comes and to see Samantha Ronson, and that's a funny story because we got this phone call saying, you know, Ryan, you need to come up to the front, and, and there's this big, beefy guy at the front, like he's like six five and like two hundred fifty pounds, all muscle. It's like I'm with Lady Gaga, and she wants to come in, but we need to make sure this is going to be a safe environment for her. And we're really good about security. We've had super famous people, the most being uh, Kate Menig and Alicia Haley. I mean, right. having them at your event, you have to pretty much have Navy SEALs walking them around because... We did at one of ours, they were at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's Beatlemania. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. And um, so we know how to do that really well. And and I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. No one will even know she's here. I can guarantee that. So we got her in. No one knew she was there. We get her into um, the green room. We, we put all the curtains around it. And what's the first thing she does... And it was great. She comes up, she opens the curtain, lets everybody know that she's there, which is so funny. But I told her the story. I was like, you know, it's so great to see you again. I didn't get to meet you at the meet and greet because blah, 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 blah. And, and she's like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Like, <gasps> she didn't even, like, she was probably dated the, the guy for, you know, six months and it clearly was not her best friend anymore. Yeah. So I, I missed my opportunity to have a meet and greet uh, with her. I got to tell her a funny story. Oh, man. Well, yeah, redemption. Right. Redemption. <laughs> the roommate's listening now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Has there been anyone who showed up that you were personally like a huge fan of that you had to like calm yourself down and collect yourself before meeting? Uh-huh. This is going to date myself, but Chaka Khan. 
I mean, yes, yes. that yeah, makes course. sense. I'm really, really Legend. good about you know. I, I'm not much of a, um, a producer wise. You know, I'm gonna meet them and say hi, but I'm I'm not there hanging around. And, right. But Chaka Khan, I was pretty floored about, and um, I actually had my mother with me. And my mother, of course, liked Chaka Khan's music, too. And so somebody caught this montage of photos of me with the most excited look on my face like I was five. <laughs> and my mom, I'm dragging her. She was, like, probably about 89 at the time to go take a photo um, with my, my management staff and Chaka Khan. And I was so excited. I was on the red carpet with her, and she had this whip. She was dressed in this, like, kind of dominatrix oh outfit. Oh, my God. Big whip. And I looked at her and I said, you know, you go with me with that. And right, we're on the red carpet. It would be a really fun photo. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> but <laughs> she's definitely, I fell apart at Chaka Khan. I'm usually kind of, hi, it's nice to meet you. You know, thank you so much for being here. And I'm always really excited, but, you know, it's a job for them. A lot of them really love that interaction with customers and stuff. And I love that when they're like that, but you know, it's, it's not like they're going to be your best friend next week. And so it's like, right, I just try to right. respect yeah. I'll take a lot of the time, but Chuck Khan, I was just gaga about legend. <laughs> legend. Do you ever, has there ever been a time at Dinah where you've been like, you know what? Everything's kind of like taken care of all loose ends are tight. I'm going to let my hair down a little and, like do you every year party yes every year, every year. yeah Hell, okay. i have an amazing amazing staff yeah i do I have an amazing management team and so we're all right now you know the cogs are all moving and we're, we're kind of all coming in this direction to come together like that i don't know if you see me like that yeah it's hard right now. You know, we're all just trying to stay on top of everything. And every year is different. We have a new hotel this year. And so there's yeah. challenges with that that you won't notice, but we will. And, we're, and we also are a good team. And so sometimes you have to lead from the follow position, you know, and sometimes you just lead. It just really depends on what the recipe is calling for. And so we're all working really hard to make sure that it's a super seamless production this year. There's always a lot behind the scenes that people have no idea about, but we, we always pull it together. I think of production people as, as fire chiefs, you know, mm -hmm. right. we're just a fire battalion putting out fires. Yeah. So this year, new hotel, what else can people expect for this year's dining? I think it's going to be an amazing year. The hotel's gorgeous and it really lends itself to an incredible pool party. Then we're in their ballroom and so we're kind of all encompassed in this 400 room hotel, which is, I haven't had that large of a hotel in years, just haven't been able to get one. So that's exciting. And then I just love our lineup. I think it's amazing, but I also think people are ready to go out Yeah. and just want to connect and be together. And, and we follow CDC guidelines and they're just dropping like flies, which, you know, that's six of one, half a dozen of another. Uh, we're probably going to still ask people to please take a home test before they come. Right. Because I think that we did that last year. I mean, we weren't required to do that, but I sent out, and I'll probably start doing that right about this week, saying, if you're coming, take a home test, because if you test positive, don't come. Right. You know, and it's 70% accurate, so you can kind of at least reduce the chance to 70%, and that's good. But we had zero transmission last year when it was surging, and we had zero transmission with staff, zero transmission with ancillary staff. And I heard of not one customer who got COVID. So 
And I think that kind of taking precautions are important, but we have to follow the guidelines for large events. So it's definitely going to be a freer diner than it was last year. And what are some like tips or tricks for people going for the first time <laughs> who may or may not be me and Melody? Like yeah. you too? Asking for friends. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for my wife, <laughs> who's going to be coming too. Well, the first thing is that the the weekend's like a story has a flow to it, and you don't really want to miss anything, which means just don't overdo it, mm-hmm. because that's the biggest mistake that novices make. Yes, is they 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 just they go too strong during the day and they're asleep at nine o'clock, and so I've had so many people tell me they missed the Lady Gaga concert because they're passed <sighs> out or. You know, they miss Lizzo, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like you don't really want to miss any of these acts because at least one of them, if not more, gets to a point where they're stratospheric. Like, do you guys know who B.B. Rexa is? Yes. She was at the diner. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's tall. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's like it's it's things like that. If you're not paying attention and not making sure that you see those acts. I mean, it was kind of cool to see B.B. Rexa and she I think she played. A, a smaller slot on a Saturday night. I forget who she opened for, but she was an opener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, what an intimate way to see a, an artist who's going to become stratospheric. Yeah. And the opportunity to talk to her on the red carpet was there. And so I, the sleeper for me this year that I think people should really pay attention to, um, apart from Fletcher, and Havaya Mighty just won a Juno. They're all really good, but a Cassidy King, I don't think very many people know who she is. Right. And she's super, they're all super talented. Um, she reminds me of Shane, though. She's got that kind of, <laughs> she's got a lot, a, little, a lot of ingredients that put together in it factor. Got the swagger, yeah. Yeah. But Ivy Four, um, they're, they're all, I'm really excited about the lineup. It's and Zelita. Like, have you seen any of her videos? Oh, I was just um, Instagram stalking her. <laughs> actually she's great you guys and her videos are so awesome they're just so they're just, she's telling our stories yeah sorry i was just like yeah maybe because she's very much on fletcher's ex's side and <gasps> um oh. you know what's what's oh, no. gonna be going on i guess i better start paying attention to this yeah so i really do need navy seals huh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> So is there like going to be some big dyke drama at the diner? Oh, I definitely, definitely. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be. <laughs> okay. I'm like, if there isn't, Carolyn and I will go instigate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for that I'm deputizing you right now, so now you can't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're official deputies of the diner. Yes. I deputize you guys to keep the peace. All right. I think that means if we get to meet... And interview Amy Schneider, <laughs> then <Yeah. laughs> we will keep the peace. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. You did invite some Tampa Bay's to oh. attend the Dyna this year, so I don't know. I feel like the drama's out of our hands with that. You've invited it. You've invited the drama <laughs> the into the building. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, well, I, you know, there's always a little drama, but yeah. but listen, there's an adage about the Dinah, and you've heard it before in different incarnations, but what happens at the Dinah stays at the Dinah. Yes. Except for when we talk about it on this podcast afterwards. Well, except for that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can only do so much, peace. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be talking about how much fun we've had. I'm actually super excited for Melody specifically to experience this because 
I, as our listeners know, I attended Girls in Wonderland last year for the first time. And that was my first time doing any type of event like that. And like I said, like the I didn't even know about it, had never heard of it until a listener brought it to my attention and they invited us down. But the Dinah was something that was always on my radar. But then I got married when I was 26. And then I thought like, oh, it's not for me anymore. Like, it's not a place for me, whatever. And it just like blew my mind how wrong I was about everything about an event like this. I'm like, oh, I'm not too old. I'm not too coupled up to enjoy this. I'm not too... I don't know, like out of the the party scene. And it really like the experience, it definitely changed my world. I started going out more. I started supporting queer events in my city a lot more. You need it. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing is that what you seek, you shall find. And so if you're going to the diner because you just, you're, you know, you're all about free love, I'm sure you'll find free love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go to the diner because you're in this really solid, beautiful relationship. You're going to find other couples there that are in really beautiful, solid relationships. One of the things I hear about the diner more than anything is they met lifelong friends there. Yeah, yeah. And spanning decades. And they meet at the diner. They'll be from all over the country and they meet at the diner. So it's just as much about friendship as it is about anything else. And I imagine, too, that you have so many people who come every year and they see each other and meet up and hang out. It's like out. a ritual. Yeah. It's a ritual. Yeah. I mean, I love it that it's become this bucket list in our community. I think that's pretty cool. And I think yeah. that we take that really seriously. We want our customers to have this really magical experience. Yeah. I, yeah. I was in high school Googling it. Like, I never thought I would actually go. Like, it was just like lore <laughs> for so long. <laughs> that Yeah. I'm, I am really excited. Carolyn said she's excited for me to go because I usually say these things like aren't for me. Like, it's not this specifically, Carolyn, I have to let you know I am so excited for have always wanted know, to because like Dinah is like yeah. a whole other thing. like you said it is a bucket list thing that yeah. I've just only like read about since I was a teenager <laughs> right and and I love what you said too about you find what you're looking for because there's so many people that yeah if, if you're looking to make friends if you're looking to hook up you're bound to find people who are on the same page as you and and I'm excited to see how the Dinah I mean it's gonna be more massive I I assume but then my experiences in Florida so I'm looking forward to that but I know I know it'll be like all the things I love about a big lesbian event or like queer woman event, but yeah, like yeah. this is going to be its own whole like vibe and the history and everything. So I'm so pumped yeah. to finally yeah. experience it. I'm excited. And by the way, those guys in Florida do an amazing event. Yeah. That's Allison and Yessie, and they're just really incredible women. Yeah. And in the community for, for decades too. And, put together a really amazing event and, and we need that. We're losing our bars. The Lesbian Bar Project has been really instrumental in helping people recognize we need to support local bars right. because they're dropping like flies. And that speaks to how we truly have integrated into what you would call mainstream society or maybe we're becoming mainstream society. Who knows, that would be even cooler. But I think that our spaces are really important because no matter where you're hanging out, you can go to a straight bar now and you feel really comfortable with your girlfriend. It's like it's just not that big of a deal in a lot of areas. It still is. I'm not, you know, I'm not fooled by the fact that we have a lot of work to do and probably more now mm-hmm. than ever. Our spaces are really, 
really important because we have our own culture and that culture um, is like a coming home when you immerse yourself in it again and it's a safe space and I don't think you're on edge in the same way that you always might be still just a tiny bit being in a mixed environment because you just never know who's going to walk up to you and go who's the top who's the bottom yeah. you know right. all the many stupid things we hear over the years or you know by ignorant individuals but I mean I do think our spaces are important and I love that that's being highlighted right now and I love that Fletcher's been a really important part of that yeah is working with the Lesbian Bar Project, I hear, as much yeah. as they'll tell me, they are good friends of ours, <laughs> yeah. Alina and Erica, yeah. who yeah. I think might be going, yeah. too, to Dynam. Uh, we'll figure uh, yes, I, yes, they've reached yeah. out to us. Can't yeah. wait. Awesome. Well, any last words you want to say to our listeners who might be considering sure. joining us all at the Dyna? I mean, you're going to have serious FOMO if you don't go after you listen. Well, I think that's true. Yeah, the Dyna.com for tickets, and I would get your hotel room as soon as you can because they start getting super expensive. We have protected blocks with really great room rates, but we're solidly sold out of Margaritaville and right and our second hotel as well. So, I just there's still planning to be done. Don't wait till the last minute. Drink lots of water when you're there. It's really hot in September, yes. and so you got to hydrate and pace yourself. Because there's so much to see. Love it. Thank Love you it. so much for joining yes. us. Can't wait to meet you oh in person. Oh, yeah. A pleasure to be here. And I look forward to seeing you both there and to just watching Melody's various expressions throughout the yeah. weekend. Yes. I'm expressive. We'll be looking out <laughs> <Yeah>. for you. <laughs> And thank you all so much for decking out with us today. We hope to see some of you at the Dyna. You can follow us at Diking Out on social media. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. Follow Melody at Melody Kamali. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot-button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement, as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.